Real quick before we start the show, just wanted to let you guys know you can get the show two days early by joining our Patreon. Even for a buck, you can listen to the show two days early. Go to patreon.com slash analog talk and we got a bunch of stuff over there. Check it out and uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Analog Talk, a film photography podcast. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Chris. And today on the show, we have Nat Meyer. Hey, Nat. Hi, Nat. Hi. Thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. So for our listeners who may not know you, do you mind giving us a background on who you are and how you got started in photography? Sure. Um, I'm Nat. I um, I think I'm probably more commonly known as Softboy Films on Instagram. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I, oh man, I, I could, I'll just kind of summarize it. A couple years ago, I, I was lurking around on Tumblr as most young people did before Tumblr kind of became less of a thing. And um, I was paying attention to a lot of uh, photography on there, a, a lot of stuff that just made me feel made me feel things. I guess that's the easiest way to put it. It was yeah. beautiful, yeah. nostalgic yeah. photography, empty basketball courts, quiet suburbs. Uh, it reminded me a lot of the places uh, where I grew up. And so I, um, I figured out after, after some internet sleuthing that a lot of these photos were film photos. And rather than just being a passive observer or um, an appreciator, really, I decided that I was going to try it and, and I ordered a, a camera from Etsy for like 60 bucks, just like a, a little SLR. It's a Fujika compact. And I ordered some, like, you know, some, just some drugstore film. I think the, the first was like, um, Kodak Golds, which is now one of my favorite stocks. And I just, yeah, definitely. yeah. I, I shot through some rolls. I got them back and I was absolutely hooked the the photos were not good i will say that but it's fine (laughs) (laughs) i love that that hooked feeling because that is such a thing especially with with getting that first roll back i've told the story a million times but that first roll i got back from the lab when i reintroduced myself to film i was like okay game over this is it yeah I, I shoot some digital for work, actually, but it's it's just not the same. And uh, I get that question a lot, actually, on, on Instagram. Like, how do you feel about digital work? And I, I have nothing to say about whether it's it's cool or not. It's just not my preferred way of shooting. And it's actually a yeah, pretty yeah. like lame excuse. But I just get really overwhelmed by the digital gear. Like, there's just so much right. to it. There's so many buttons. There's so many things you can do in post. And I just prefer the minimalism and the sleekness of film photography, the tactile sensation of loading the roll, getting it back. Like it's just mm-hmm. so much more of an immersive process. And I really don't edit my photos and post very much. Like I like the honesty of stuff that just comes off the roll, some stuff that just comes off the scanner. So are you doing photography like that? Is that your main gig or do you do other stuff? <laughs> I wish it was my main gig. Um, actually, no. It, oh, it's, me it's, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like we all do. I, every film photographer <laughs> I talk to is like, yeah, I'd love to just yeah. do this full time. No, actually, um, I I do social media for Square, so I I tell the stories of oh, small nice. businesses. Oh, wow. Yeah, it is it is a dream job for me because uh, my mom was a small business owner, and it's just a very cool intersection of my interests. And um, I work on a very small team of two, and it is it actually does involve a lot of photography um, that I've been able to do for the brand and then just basically telling those stories of these businesses and who they are. And I don't necessarily shoot people in my film photography too often, but it's still the same approach, like telling a a story with a photo. And so that's really powerful for me that I may not get to do this full time, but there's still that bridge for me uh, with work, which is very cool. Man, Square is so cool too. Cause Mm -hmm. I remember when I first started shooting my Mamiya RB67 back when Peel Apart film was around all the time. And I would do street portraits and usually give the print to the person I took their picture of and kept 
the back because you could make a negative out of it. Mm-hmm. And some guy was just like, dude, how much? He got his wallet out and he like had his card in his hand. And I was just like, your card? Like, what What am I going to do? He's like, you need to get a square. You need to get a square reader and start charging wow. people for this. See? And, wow. And like immediately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was so awesome. And, and it totally, I mean, this was years ago, like right when Square was just starting to like take mm-hmm. off and you would find him in like Target or Walmart or wherever, wherever you can pick them up and stuff. And I just remember like, wow, we are in the future. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is so cool. That is the most honest testimonial. I might have to pass that to our marketing team. Like, I didn't even have to <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, if you need me, if you need me for that, you got. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, like I can't sell my prints in person right now. But if I did, like yeah. that would be a, a great resource. It's just everything's online at this point. So it, yeah, I mean, it's a really incredible tool for photographers of any kind. I actually, a friend of mine just, um, he just released his first zine. He's based out of New York. It's a really beautiful collection of photographs of street vendors. And he just like, oh, it's nice. the absolute street culture of New York. And he sold it through a square online store, which was pretty cool. So he, we were just like talking about that. So it's it's a very cool intersection of nerdy stuff for me. Yeah, for sure. So d- when you do the work for them, are you are you doing any like do you do most of the photography or is it the person on your team doing this that stuff or is it mainly just you doing the photos yeah we we go back and forth i mean um it just kind of depends on the projects like we went out to atlanta we went out to pittsburgh and we sort of have shared duties in that sense so Mm. i i do mostly digital photography for work but i am gonna you know hopefully in 2021 i'll get the opportunity to bring some film into it um, I'm hoping to I was just gonna ask you when are you gonna convince them <laughs> uh, I think I have like the the other person on my team uh, he, yes he's wonder- yeah. he is wonderful um, and he he manages me and uh, I think I've got him convinced um, but I really do want to get a I actually want to get a medium format camera for that kind of work because I think the crispness the cleanness really lends itself mm-hmm. to that sort of photography whether it's product or portraits and my main mode of shooting right now is uh, frankly, like with a contacts T2. And it's a wonderful camera, but it's much more suited to what I do out on the street than it is, you know, the sort of photography that we do at Square. So I'm, I'm getting there. I'm, I'm bridging the gaps. It's just going to, it takes me a little bit of time to get everything together. <laughs> and that T2, you know, that's my, my white whale at the moment is the T2, but everybody keeps telling me not to get it because it could break and all that stuff. But oh, I'm no. happy you do have you, it. Do you need, do you need convincing? Cause I got you. Uh, it's like it's like the rational thing to do would be like yeah you're right that makes sense i don't want to like potentially lose however much i end up paying for it if it just stops working one day but kind of want to take the risk you know oh i'm i'm absolutely gonna be that that person who tells you to take the risk you should do it i mean if you can buy a a real minty one and you just take really good care of it like i know of at least a few places that have t2 replacement parts that will be able to fix it for you and at this point it has given it's given me so much emotionally and creatively that it's like if it bricked on me today, I'd be sad, but I would just go look for a new one. Like it's it's that it wow. literally feels like my right hand a lot of the time. So because oh. we were just talking about that with with uh, Chris Visser because he was he just got one. Yes. And it's like you treat yourself, you know what I mean? And and I I just picked up my my first Leica and I was I posted about it oh, in, our, in our Discord channel. That's and Timothy was like, you don't. Thank you. But he was like, you just got your Leica. What are you talking about? And I was like, I don't know. I feel like this is the last thing. Like This is the last thing I'll need. <laughs> you know? That's never the case. It is. Spoken <laughs> like a true film it photographer, isn't. just constantly trading up. Right, cameras. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally. That's so true, though, because you saying about wanting a medium format camera. I always forget because I shoot mostly 35 millimeter all the time. And then when I do kind of switch over to medium format, I'm like, why am I not doing this more often? Mm-hmm. Like the image quality is just so superb, like especially for street yeah. portraits and stuff like, man, this COVID COVID crap really needs to be done. Seriously. Like, I'm ready for like hanging out and taking portraits and having fun. And Going my camera cameras meetups. are gathering a bunch of oh, dust on we, them over there. I, I think we all are. Like we're all on that page. I, I, I've i done some successful six feet apart masks on camera walks with some folks. Oh. Um, and I actually met up with two I think I think you'll have her on the podcast, Han from Restore from Backup. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Han. So Han and Love I Han. Han and I are good friends and we actually met up the other day. 
like a couple of days ago. She let me try out her Mamiya Seven, and I because I kept telling her like uh. I'm I'm the same way, Timothy. Like I I'm very 35 millimeter forward, and I do appreciate the crispness of medium format, but I like the grain in 35 millimeter. I like that it looks yeah. the way that it does. Mm-hmm. Me and too. I you know Han loves medium format, so I was like, well, if I get a medium format camera, I don't want the RB. I'm only five two. And I am small. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah. Same. I don't mm-hmm. want to lug that thing around. It's just not for me. So she was like, you need to try my Mamiya 7. And I tried it. And you guys, I just game <laughs> over. Game over. And of course, it's the most expensive medium format camera. Yeah, and, I, yeah. and of course, I'm like, that's the one. I need that one. So <laughs> <laughs> you need the T2, the most expensive point shoe. And you need the most expensive medium format. You know, it's a lifestyle. It's okay. Listen, listen, though, I mean, like, I do, I really try to tell people this all the time, who I talk to, especially on Instagram, people often ask me, like, what do you shoot with? And I tell them the T2, but I'm like, you don't need a T2. And here's why, because I actually shot for my entire, the first two years, I shot with a, mostly with a $60 point and shoot. That's just an unknown Olympus. And it is my child. I still have it. And I still shoot with it pretty frequently. (laughs) And I'm telling you, like, I have made some of the work that I'm most proud of, some of my most beautiful work with that camera. It is not a $300 investment, an $800 investment, a $1,000 plus investment. It is something that I literally got online because I wanted a point and shoot. And it is, I feel that it's really important to tell other photographers that, like, it's not about Mm -hmm. the gear you have. And I recognize that I have a T2, but, like, I really, really thought about it and was like, this is a camera that I will have with me long term until it absolutely gives out and point and shoot is a lot of my style right now but you you don't need a really expensive camera to make work that you're proud of to make good work um to make work that makes other people feel something and like i that's so important and it's the same thing with like you know expired film like some of my favorite photos on Mm -hmm. shitty little point and shoot with expired film and like that is that's sort of the essence of it that it's not it doesn't have to you don't have to blow your entire bank to make this something that you enjoy to make this something that fills you and fulfills people around you dude that's so true and it's so important i wish more people would get that you know what i mean because mm-hmm. i feel like like composition and yeah. and your eye is so much more important than the damn camera that you're holding i mean right. don't get me wrong you know having having your dream camera is amazing and it does make a difference you know but it only really makes a difference when you work your ass off to get mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? Like when you're actually mm-hmm. like worthy of having said whatever $100, $1,000 camera, you know, like there's nothing like that. Like when you do hustle and work your ass off mm-hmm. and like work on your composition and and style and finding what film stocks you love and what you know what you can push and pull out of film and creativity then it it, then it all kind of clicks once you finally get your your baby you know like once you have your your prized possession it's just like damn i think a lot of it is like what you connect with too you could connect with a i've connected with a cheap point and shoot before or like a disposable you know yeah Rock totally. disposables yeah. for a while because I'm like these are different. There's a plastic lens and it. it looks different. You know, I'm getting different kind of images out of it. But what you said about working towards a goal to get your baby, like even I mean, I've talked about the rut that I was in for a long time. Yeah, I got my Leica M4, and honestly, all I can think about is shoot, going to shoot. And from the rut that I was in, where I was like, I don't feel like it. I don't want to. I just don't. And I'm sad about it, and I don't know what to do about it. But now I think about like, oh, I got to go to work today. I won't be able to shoot as much. Maybe I'll go on a walk during my lunch break. Like it's a whole different mindset that I'm in. But that could have been with some other camera that didn't cost me as much as it did. You know what I mean? It, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's it's an interesting thing. Yeah. Like you know, I'm. I wouldn't even classify myself as a gearhead even though I got the most hyped point and shoot on the market, but I knew that it's the one that I wanted. And I knew, <laughs> and I knew mm-hmm. that like, I, I'm not going to be this person who owns a, like a, a contacts, like the best of everything. I just want this one thing right. because I knew that it was my lane, mm-hmm. like, and that's something that made me feel accomplished. And I, I really didn't let myself get there until about two years in. And I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to take the plunge. Like, I feel like I've put in the hours, the time, yeah. And it, it really is. It's about connecting with it. I was fully prepared to sell the contacts if I didn't 
feel that it was doing what I wanted it to do. I just, after reading and reading and reading, I was like, I think this is going to do, this is going to help me make the photos that I want to make. And it turned out that it did. So it's, it's, I feel very lucky in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. That's a good feeling. So are you strictly with point and shoots right now or because yeah. Instagram, I want to tell you, I, it's like it's like a, a an explosion of color and I'm obsessed it with is. it. It is gorgeous. <laughs> like, oh, thank you so much. That is that is so kind. Um, I could gush forever about that. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm here for it. I mean, please, I, I'm so critical of my own yeah. work. So I mean, it's, it, it's very nice to hear other people like see it and it makes them feel warm and makes them feel good. Um yeah. But yeah, mm. almost everything is made with a point and shoot, made with a T2. I, it's just my style. I'm, I'm the kind of person who like, I'm looking out my window right now and I see two painted ladies, the beautiful houses in SF and they're pink and they're blue. Mm-hmm. And I photograph those oh, two wow, houses. Oh wow, you're that close? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I photograph those houses wow. a billion times and it's just, it never gets old for me. It's color. Like that's really the color and point and shoots. Like I feel like those are the things that I really gravitate towards. I am trying out a, like a M6 right now that a friend of mine generously loaned me. Uh, but it, again, here we go again. Like it's nice. intimidating. So like I, still go back to the point and shoot you know lifestyle for me i was i was rocking point and shoots for a very very long time point and shoot and color was like kind of my jam as well that's cool to hear yeah i think people are really surprised when they ask where what what is this photo made with i'm like oh it's a it's a point and shoot and they're like no way like the color is really intense and i'm like yeah i don't know it's that's that's just what happens like I, (laughs) I, i tend to shoot in like full i you know i i tend to shoot in full sun Um, I tend to shoot like it's not even golden hour. It's like just before it. And it's just something about the way the light and the colors work together. Um, But I did recently get back from uh, a trip to the East Coast. I was kind of concerned about the light there and like what would show up in my photos. And actually, it's the same thing. Like I'm I see where my eye goes. I see where my mind goes. And it's always the color. Like it's a little bit of a different color on the East Coast, but it's still like these rich reds and these rich browns and maybe a little bit less pastel, but just a different kind of soul with the same sort of eye, if that makes sense. Wow. Yeah. yeah. We just had a, a really good conversation with our previous guest about shooting black and white. Like for she was going to do a, a like a personal project, I guess you would call it for shooting black and white for one year. And I was like, I was I was thinking about doing it for one month because I'm a color person. Have you ever thought about doing any black and white there? Uh, you know, I, I'll be real with you. Um, and I I feel like I've answered this question a billion times. And everybody's always like, what? Sure, I've never, sure. ever, ever shot black and white. <laughs> like, I've never picked up a roll. All right, I'm gone. I, I'm sorry. I'll see you guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's leaving. I'm sorry. I know. I know, Timothy, you're literally like in grayscale right now. Um, I, I don't. Yeah. I have never shot black and white. Um, there's something I mean it's the same thing you know it's it's color like that's what Mm -hmm. I love that's what first drew me to film photography I do think that people who shoot with black and white are a special kind of wizard because you can't play with color like you're playing with light and you're playing with shadows and that is so foreign to me like I don't see things that way but I know photographers you only see scenes that way and I think that's so interesting and so beautiful but I just, you can't knock it until you try it. And I, I should try it. I just haven't quite gotten up the nerve to pick it up and actually see what I make with it. So maybe one of these days. That would yeah. be so interesting to to see what you create with it because it, it really is a different mindset, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then what if it's like takes over your life and you're like, oh no, black and white is right. <laughs> I know, what if I, I never need to shoot do forever color ever again. That's so sad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm so afraid to try it. <laughs> Man, but you you definitely live in the right place to be shooting all that mm-hmm. color. Like I think if I was in, you know, California or somewhere that is just like popping all the time with all those colors. Like I was living in the South for the longest time and now I'm kind of back on the East Coast and it's I, I, I don't know. There's just something about it that I haven't been shooting a lot of black and white lately, which is weird for me. I've been trying to 
pull some sort of emotion out of color because I feel like I need to kind of move on a little bit. But also, I, I don't think my black and white skills are going anywhere per se. But I, I just, you know, it's time to just like try something different, you know, yeah. try like ice skating instead of snowboarding or something. <laughs> you know, it's just like one of those things that it's like definitely in the same family. Yeah, but yeah, like, sure. Like maybe I can get a little enjoyment out of this or something too. But it's it's, it's fun though because I, I love talking to people that don't shoot a lot of black and white because I'm so intrigued with color right now like so I just and your Instagram like it is just like gleaming mm-hmm. when you open it up on the on I was looking at it again before we hopped on here today and I was just like wow color is just so amazing and you can tell so much with color mm-hmm. and you know just like you said though like all I see is light and what you can make the weirdest stuff with black and white and I think that's what I it's I feel like it's a little more abstract in a you know in a way maybe I, I don't know what it is but yeah for sure I think that's it. You can get like really moody with it, you know. Some, I just feel like sometimes you like don't know what it is that you're looking at, you know, because it's it's like hidden with just dark and white, you know, like you. I don't know. It's it's weird. It's such a weird thing. I'm going through a weird phase right now. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you haven't been posting much of it. You, you need to start sharing more of that work, Timothy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was looking, you know, Instagram does their their top nine, like mm-hmm. every year, like you can put in your Instagram and find out, like I was counting the photos that I shared this year. And it's like, wow, I only shared 16 photos. That's what? so, yeah, like normally, I'm, really, wow. I try to go at least like every other. Yeah, it's it's been a, I wouldn't say a slow year, because I'm shooting more now than I've ever shot. And I don't know, maybe I'm just kind of like weaning myself on on Instagram for a little bit or something. I don't know. I don't know. I just discovered film photography Twitter. Yeah, yeah Chris. Yeah. I saw you. I saw we follow each other now. I was like, yes, Liter- here we go. I, <laughs> I was like, this community is so great on here. Yeah. And it, it also takes, I say, I've been feeling a, te- you know, I, I've had this feeling recently where I want to like archive my entire Instagram and start over, mm. which would take forever if I did that. But with Twitter, you don't really have to think about that because you share the photos. They're there. They're set up so great. And like they, they present them in such a way that looks cool already. And then it's a tweet. And then you don't have to look back at it and be like, oh, no, I need to curate my Instagram, you know? Right. It's it's very it's a little bit more ephemeral on Instagram or on Twitter, which is very interesting. The lifespan of a tweet is just not the same as an Instagram post. And I think exactly. they're both, the platforms right. are, are good for for different things. I mean, I, I still think there's a very powerful photography community on Instagram. Instagram, I'm really happy to see it growing on Twitter. Um, but I, yeah. I mean, I think like, like I still keep going back to Instagram because for me, it's just like I've made so many connections with people there, mm-hmm. just, just different photographers from all yeah. over the world. And like I, Twitter's similar, but like there just is this, I feel that there's this very strong community that's been built on Instagram. Um, and it's very cool. I mean, I'm telling you guys, I, when people ask me who my favorite photographer is, I don't have like a cool name, like some, like somebody who shot film (laughs) in like the seventies or whatever. Every single print that's on the walls in my apartment is from an Instagram film photographer. And like, those are the people that that I'm inspired by. Like, like I have a friend in Tennessee. I have a friend in Seattle. I have a friend in Pittsburgh. Like I have friends in LA, like New York. Like it's so cool. It's just opened me up to this world of people who are incredibly, incredibly talented. And like, this is how they're choosing to share themselves. And I just think that's so beautiful. So to have that community online and then to have the physical representation of that in my home is also really cool. Um, Twitter will get there. I see it growing and I I think it's going to become yeah, a very cool sure. space for film photographers. I don't know about you guys, but I'm absolutely terrified of Reddit and photography. <laughs> like yeah. Reddit has just become this like insanely toxic place. But I, I kind of go there just for like, just to, just to kind of like, not around. laugh, but just to see like what everybody's hating this week on Reddit. Yeah. It's terrifying, like how ruthless it is over there. So I, I've already deleted it like two days ago. I just deleted it off my phone. I don't need the, the Do they drama. Are they sharing work and tearing? people apart what's what's i don't even know i've never really looked at reddit there's like a whole analog community on there and i, I it's interesting yeah there, there's just like categories you know and then there's like ones where like a lot of people are a part of i think it's called like just analog or something mm-hmm. I for, or our analog or i forget but there's one that yeah. i'm not going to mention the name of it on here but it is like the tear people apart no. side of, of the photography world 
Yeah, it's pretty hardcore. I'm going to stay on Instagram and Twitter where my friends are. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. Especially because I work in social media, I'm very uh, interested in the idea of curating your own space and and making it a place that's comfortable for you because social media can be really, really toxic. And it's like, I... I work in it like it's my day job and then it's also where I I am vulnerable and and show people this part of myself through my photos and it can just be a dark place if you're not careful and so I I just like like I stay off Reddit for that reason um I stay off I'm just very picky about the stuff that I allow in my feeds, the stuff that I engage with. And I think that's super important. Like yeah. you can, and you can do that. Like you can create a community of positivity around you. It just takes work. And like, it, it doesn't have to be endless doom scrolling, even though this year really does feel like it almost oh my all the time. But for, for me, at least like I'm on Twitter all day long for work, you know, seeing things that are related to work, but the things that are also not related to work, like scary stuff in the news about COVID and, and right, right. my community on Instagram with film photography is where I go to unwind. So it's like social media that allows yeah. me to unplug, which is very cool. Yeah, I, I do think us all sitting around at home for the last couple months and being locked inside kind of just like lit the fire to the rage, yeah. the rage postings and replies and stuff that everybody's been doing. But it, it's kind of a bummer. Like I got into film photography or well, yeah, when I got into film photography, it was kind of like this oasis of because in the digital realm, there was just like so much hate and everybody was like team this or team that or this sucks. You don't know what you're doing. Da da da. And now I feel like it's kind of bleeding in to the film photography world a little bit. That, really? I mean, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's not as safe of a place as it used to as it used to be. I mean, mm. it's not all the time you know like and i mean if you go looking for it you'll definitely find that's hate. really that's that's really interesting because like i gravitated towards the film i mean other than actually like shooting film i think what i like about the film photography community is it doesn't feel like there's that many gatekeepers um yeah and it doesn't feel like it's it's yeah. an unsafe space but you know you'll always find that in corners of the internet for me at least like i answer every single dm like i don't have a bad thing to say about anyone's right. photos because none yeah. of my damn business and it's like i you comment right. if it's positive and you keep your mouth shut if you don't and it's like i think it's fine to to offer criticism yeah. if people are asking for that or to offer you know like constructive feedback as it were um but i i really do think it's equally important if not more so important to be positive and kind and gentle with people especially people who are just starting out and are intimidated because the only reason that I was able to continue with film photography was because people in the community on Instagram were telling me that my photos were good and it's like you don't want to need that Mm. sense of external validation and that wasn't certainly wasn't all of it but it's it absolutely helped and played a big role in me feeling continuously confident because even today like I, what am I like two and a half years, almost three years later? Like, I don't, I would never go up to someone and be like, I'm a photographer. Like I, it's just not, it's really it's like, it's like not in my brain. I just can't do it. I'll be like, Oh, I like to shoot film in my free time. Like I, I I'll never, be, I'll never just be like, Oh yeah, I'm a film photographer. I like recently changed my Twitter bio to say film photographer. And I was like, Oh, that feels so weird. It's just like, it's just not, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's just, so that confidence thing is always present. And I, I really think it's important to to remind other people, like regardless of how many followers you have, regardless of the work that you're putting out, if you're proud of it, right. then then that's all that matters. Like I, I get some people, some some folks in my DMs who are like, can you tell me what you like and don't like about this photo? And a lot of times my response is the same, which is just like, I will tell you the positive things about it because that's all I have to offer you. Like, I right. don't have any negativity to right. offer you about something you've made from your heart. Like, that's, I, that just feels yeah. weird. And I, oh, yeah. I, I totally understand, like, the wanting to improve thing, but I also don't consider myself like a complete expert. You know, it's like, I, I think if you've made right. something with, you know, with your whole chest, as it were, like, I, I support that, mm-hmm. period, like whether or not it's a quote unquote good photo or not. So I, I could go on and on about this. I just fully think that like there is so much bleeding over outside of social media and real life, especially since we've been inside. And the most important thing for me over mm-hmm. the past year, the most important contribution to the film photography community that I feel like I can make is just being kind to people 
and engaging with people and wanting wanting to wanting to look at their photos as much as they want to look at mine and that being genuine it's 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 true because also like photography art in general is so subjective it's like when people ask me like what do you think I'm, i'm like it looks great like well what would you do it's like what <laughs> would you do different it's your photo like you know like no that's it's, it's your photo it's so like <laughs> yeah and like photo critiques always kind of made me feel weird especially back in like photo school because i was putting my heart and soul into it and then you get like constructive criticism sure but like i don't know it's so it's subjective so it's, it's like totally weird subjective. To, it's like listen yeah. to a song like i don't like that song but people love this song like, it's the same kind of thing, sure. you know? It's like, who am I to tell you that it's not a good photo? I'll never say that, you know? It's right. like, you, you <laughs> made something, you made something, period. And it's, that is, that is what yes. it is. And it can totally exist like that. It's some, I think that if you're making art at all, if you're producing photos, that's commendable, especially right now. Like, if you have the willpower to get up and take your camera and go out and shoot, I think that's amazing in in a year that is so dark and really, I feel like, has constricted a lot of us with creativity. Like, if you have the emotion Definitely. and, like, the vulnerability and the ability to do that, like, I, I, I just think that's great. Like, the photos can exist on their own just yeah. like that. And my, my advice, if I were to give anybody any advice, is always just keep shooting. You're going to figure out what you like. You're going to figure out what film stocks you like. You're going to lean into your your style. Just keep shooting. Totally. Yeah. Like I even if it's not a good not a good set of photos, like I just shot an absolutely garbage roll that I was scanning right before I talked to you guys. And it's like (laughs) I just was like, I hate all of these. Like there wasn't one photo that I liked. And granted, it was an expired role, but. I just, there will be roles like that. And it's fine. It's totally fine. Yeah. Sometimes you get yeah, into yeah, ruts. Yeah. That's fun. When, when you say that about like, sometimes you get a role that's not good. Because I'll get in my head about that. Like, oh, these are like not, they're a little underexposed. Like, why did I, uh, okay, on to the next. Like, like roll, load another yeah. one. Get back out there, you know? It's so easy to question like, wow, this role isn't good Maybe I'm not good at photography. I feel like that's a very right, right. easy leap. <laughs> why, why do, that's what yeah. really how we go there from like one one role. We're like, oh, right. oh forget it. I'm like, <laughs> I feel like photography can teach you. Yeah. It can teach you a lot about life, too. And like the way that you treat yourself mm-hmm. outside of, of the work that you make. Like if you have if you get a bad rollback and you're like, I'm not good at photography, which I think many of us do, because a lot of us are very self-critical and and we have self-awareness. Yeah. Like, I think that that just speaks to like how we see ourselves in the wider world. Like if you make a mistake, you're like, well, then I shouldn't be doing this. And that's just not what it is. Like I, ne- <laughs> I will, I don't think I'll right. ever, I could be 80 years old with still have my contacts kicking around. And I don't think I'll ever be like, I yes, am an you expert will. photographer. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't think I will be ever fully formed with it. Cause it's just a growth process. Like you just, you're never not learning about light and about color and about, the things that tick and the things that make you want to keep shooting over and over. And I like, I like that. It's just not a journey that you ever conquer. It's always nice to go back to like when you do have the bad role, like maybe you're just in kind of a mood that day when you're looking at them or you're not getting the, the sparkle that you thought you were going to get when you were looking at them the first time around. Cause there's, there's been times lately, like, especially with all this time on my hands, I've been going back and like looking at stuff that I thought was hot garbage and <laughs> would never do anything with, you know, like, and I'm just like, wow, what was I thinking? Like, even if it's just one out of all 36 right. or 24, you know, like heck put that in the folder of like maybe someday kind of thing or, you know, it's tough. You should definitely go back and like, take a look at some That's of the true. stuff that you've done. Cause I mean, I know just from my perspective, like, you know, sometimes after developing and scanning and going through the whole process and, you know, I'm sitting there like, I can't wait to see this photo. And then the photo that I'm waiting for was a miss. I'll be pissed at the whole role. The whole role will take that, that so you know, will take the hit on That's that. That's so heartbreaking. So. <laughs> but I'm just, I try to go back every once in a while and just like, you know, just click around and see if there was anything or maybe even learn from it, too. You know, there's a way to kind of learn from totally. that, that fail. It also goes back to what I said earlier about being subjective. Like I was showing yeah. a friend of mine who's getting in, getting into um, shooting film. And I was like, yeah, I didn't really like the second role I put through my my Leica. And he was like, look, can I see it? And I was like, sure. I'm like, they're like underexposed. He's like, those are still cool, though. What do you mean? I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, you're I mean, we're always way more critical of our own work. Yeah, so true. And I forget. Yeah, totally. So it's so yeah. easy to forget. I mean, I I've taken photos that I'm like, this is maybe the worst thing I've ever shot in my life. And somebody else is like, <laughs> that's beautiful. I want a print of that. And I'm like, this specifically? Like, uh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's a thing. So have you thought about putting any out any photo books or anything? Oh, uh, this is a good question at a good time. Um, I'm actually, I'm working on one Ooh. right now. Um, I am, Yay! it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a, a big body of work from San Francisco. <laughs> um, just kind of, just kind of a love letter to the city. Um, I don't really have, I don't have much more to share about it than that because it's still really a work in progress. Like, like sharing a photo book. Um, and I've been asked about it several times and every time I'm just like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And I, yeah, because it, it really like, I really care about it. And that is something so physical that people will have in their hands. And I'm just like, what if I hate it in five years? Mm -hmm. Like, what if it's, I don't know. So it's, it's like, <laughs> I, I feel, I feel ready now. Um, but it is going to be a, what feels like a very vulnerable move for me. Um, because I'm putting things down on paper. It's not so ephemeral. The internet mm -hmm. is, is people say the internet is forever, but it's like, I could archive stuff and no one would see it. And I, this, I, I won't have <laughs> yeah, control exactly. over. Um, and I've also, I've struggled a lot with the confidence of like, if I make a photo book, would anybody even be interested in that? You know what I mean? I, it, and it took, a, I think I finally felt ready to make one when I was like, if I make one and no one buys it, then I don't care because I made it for myself. Yeah. And yeah. then I was like, okay, That's I'm a ready. Place to be. I am absolutely ready to do this. And so I, I'm, I'm working on it. Uh, COVID and quarantine has actually made it really nice for me to be able to just sit alone with my thoughts and, and kind of page through my negatives and, and decide what goes where. Um, so you can expect it out early 2021. Um, I'm nervous, but I'm very excited about it. That's exciting. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. So are you are you looking to do like a book or are you doing a zine? Like no, are you doing like a like a big thing or is it gonna be I think I'm gonna make a book, like a whole book. Um because yeah. I, yeah. I don't feel That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know that I wanna do I don't foresee myself making another one for a while. Probably a good long while, right. like a couple of years. So I, I kind of I like the idea of making something that is big and kind of built to last and will bring people joy far past it's you know the kind of the kind of I don't know the kind of page through it once and never look at again quality um, of I think some some stuff like I I don't I don't necessarily feel that way completely about zines but like I I love the zines that I do own I just don't know that I want to make something that small I just feel like I have so much to share at this point that I want to make a big statement with the photos that I put together, like as a functioning body of work. So I think it's going to be like a it. whole photo book. I do want it to be like soft cover because I really love like a paperback book. So I kind of want it to feel very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's just crazy to me to think that, that so many people at this point are, are asking for this and like want to have things that I made in their homes permanently. Like when I, when I tell you guys that I picked up a camera and never thought that it would get to this point, I really truly mean that. So I'm just like very, very humbled that there's wow. even been a question about whether I'm going to make something more permanent than a zine or sorry, more permanent than a, um, a print or, or a, uh, like a series of photos. That's so beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's going to be very cool. <laughs> I'm excited. You should do like a, I mean, we're still living in COVID times, but I'm thinking towards the future of like when things go back to the way they were before. You should do like a little gallery show, book book opening type thing. Oh man. I'll put a plant that seed in your head for you. Yeah. I mean I would love to. I would love to do it here. Like I would love to support like a local business in the process and, and just even like host mm -hmm. a little informal meetup there where people can buy the books or like come talk with me about them or buy individual prints if they don't want to buy the whole book. I think that would be so cool because I, I truly have met some of the greatest people over the internet who I've connected with over these photos that I've made of San Francisco. And like, I just to be in the same space as those people physically and not just virtually would mean so much to me. Like I, I would love to do a gallery show right. at that, at some point in the future. Um, so I hope it gets to that point. That would be super cool. Uh. Those vaccines are on their way. So <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I know they can't come back enough for my, for my taste. 
literally. That's got me so pumped up because I was working on a long-term project of the the town I was living in back in Franklin and I'm finally I'm finally now like laying out or not laying out. I'm I'm calling like photos. I'm mm-hmm. finally going through and taking thousands and thousands of photos and and kind of like putting that on the yes pile on the no pile and I just want to keep breaking it down until I have like a couple hundred and then I want like one of my buddies to go through them and just like star their favorite ones and and just I really want to make something of that town because I lived there and documented that town for so long and I feel like I owe that to that town because it was so good to me while I lived there and I just want to kind of give them a piece of their history like it was during their big boom of like Nashville was such like a big songwriting place Mm -hmm. like back in the in the old days and then it kind of died and then it was reborn again like just in the last like 10 years so I don't know I feel like wow that's something I need to do. I think, that, I that think is, it's time too, Timothy. I think that is that yeah. is so incredible, Timothy. Like I would buy that. I so I also grew up in a small <laughs> town. Um, I mean, it's not small by anyone's standards. Mm. I feel like um, I grew up in Fresno, and um, Fresno is okay. it might be a big city, but it feels like a small town. I'll tell you that. And um, I grew up. Yeah, yeah, it does yeah, for sure. I grew up there. It was really hard growing up there. Like I'm gay. It's very conservative. Um, I you know, mm-hmm. kind of figured out that I was gay in high school, unfortunately for me, and had a really difficult time with it. And I, that place holds so much pain and trauma for me. And I have seriously within the last few years been considering going back to document it with my camera, like those spaces, Ooh. those spaces that were really painful for wow. me, but also the spaces that, that are emblematic of the city itself and its resilience, because there's a lot of history there. And it's been a, a photo project that actually legitimately scares me because I don't know that I'm ready for that. But wow. I have the same sense of like, I feel like I owe it wow. to this place that symbolized so much for me to make a photo project out of it. So I completely support you in that. And you now have inspired me to yeah. maybe, re- <laughs> maybe revisit doing that um, as scary as yes. it is. Yeah, man, that's beautiful. I love that. Well, I mean, not all the hurt and heartache and stuff, but just like, (laughs) I get what you mean. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I get it. I I feel like those of us who grew out, grew up in suburbia, in small towns and, Mm -hmm. you know, moved on from them. um, And if if there was any kind of pain there, if there was any kind of frustration there, um, it's something that's very hard for a lot of us. And and so I think when I really admire when people go back to their hometowns and they document what happened there through photographs. I, I think that would be like a very pinnacle project for me in in my life to do something like that. Agreed. Yeah. So let me know when you drop that book. I'm going to buy it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. I will. I will. We'll be right back with the listener question for Nat right after this message from our sponsor. Support for Analog Talk comes from Polaroid. Use the promo code ANALOGTALK10 on your first purchase on film at Polaroid.com. Just wanted to hop in and remind you guys that the third Wednesday of every month, we are doing a Develop With Us project for our Patreons. It's going to be a $5 tier. We've had one already, and we are rapidly approaching December's. So it's going to be the third Wednesday of every month. Chris and I are going to be there. We're going to be developing some film. The only way to be a part of that is to be one of our Patreons. So head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. Enjoy the rest of the show and hope to see you guys there. All right, guys, this is the part of the show where we ask our guest question from one of our listeners. This week's question comes from You Know Franco on Instagram. He says, what artist or photographer's work do you follow? So I'm going to I'm going to be really straight up and plug the female film photography community because I think that they're really, really important. And like I just I'm hyping them up. Hyping us up is my favorite activity. And it's, I, love it. I, I just like, I love that. So many prints that I have are from female film photographers um, in the community whose work that I just adore. Um, Callie Frisky, who's out of Pittsburgh. Um, I, I think her handle is literally just at Callie Frisky. Beautiful um, work from Pittsburgh. I have a photo of, of hers in my apartment that is cherry pie and coffee, which is just some of the nostalgia that I uh. like, try to think about. <laughs> Like when I think about old San Francisco, that's what it makes me think about like pie and coffee at a diner. Um, oh my God. Amazing. Um, I'm, I just like, I, I, um, I have another friend, um, Kate who is based out of New York, uh, or she was based out of New York. She now is in Portland. Um, she also runs the photography community called 35 millimeter gasoline. 
Um, oh, okay. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. That one's awesome. They So they highlight women and non-binary photographers, queer film photographers who are, it's just a really incredible community. Um, Kate's amazing. 35mm Kate. I, um, I'm trying to think who, who else off the top of Not my head. Not to put this you on the spot. One. I know. <laughs> this is a tough one. Cause I'm trying to think about like my, my, uh, you know, my Sunday inspo stuff that I do every week and, and photographers that I, I regularly go back to. Um, so I, I think those, those two are, are really kind of like some of my heroes in the community, as it were. Love it. Um, there, I actually just, um, I actually just had a, a, um, or I know of a bunch of folks who put together a film photography giveaway where they gave away prints as a uh, kind of like a cohort of women who shoot film. And I think that's so cool. Awesome. Like we're, we're yeah. starting to see a lot of a lot more community there. And, and I think women getting the respect that they deserve for, for the photos that they make. Um, and it's not just being like, um, Timothy, I, I love you. This is not a knock on you at all. Uh, but it not, <laughs> How dare it not you? Just being yeah. like a, um, it's it not just being like a man's sport. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I really appreciate exactly. meeting other women, um, other queer folks, other non-binary folks who, who enjoy shooting film and it's just a different perspective. So I, you know, those are my, those are the, some two, like two concrete ones, but I would seriously encourage everyone to do their own research and go check out 35 millimeter gasoline and, and just follow every, every yeah. woman, you know, that shoots film. <laughs> like it's yeah. just, it's just a different way of seeing stuff and it's beautiful. Absolutely. That's great. It's a very long winded answer, Chris, but that I could go great. on and on. And I, on. I love <laughs> it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Good answer. Good All right. Answer. So now we'll hit you with the, the tough questions. Okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I think we know the answer to this. I, we one. might, but let's see. The the Desert Island camera, the one you can, can't live without, what would it be? Oh, Contact T2, hands yeah. down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would, I would chuck all of my other cameras if it meant that I could keep that one. <laughs> Great. I love it. So now that we have a, a part two of that, is there anything you have your eye on, you're lusting after, your white whale? <laughs> My white whale is absolutely the Mumia 7 after shooting Hans. Like, I am so disturbed <laughs> that I love that camera <laughs> so much. And it's a rangefinder. It was my first time shooting with yeah. a rangefinder, which was a completely uh-huh. different experience. I have not even developed the photos because I develop and scan everything in, at home. Um, I just haven't gotten around to it. And I'm convinced that that is the medium format camera for me. Um, it is so expensive. And like frequently with, um, uh. I was actually talking with Han about this, but frequently with print sales that I'll do, um, I usually donate 100% of the proceeds to um, like a mutual aid group or a charity. Or wow. um, last year I donated the proceeds to um, uh, RAICIS, the group that is out there, out there doing um, immigration work on the ground in Texas. And it, that's always been really important to me. Like, I didn't feel like I, I wanted to profit off of my photography, like, cause it's just a pleasure thing for me. And I really want other people to connect with that. And, and, you know, like I, I also don't like, it's not how I make my primary living. So I didn't feel right. compelled. Like I felt, but this year, um, I'm actually setting up a print sale and with my, the proceeds of my photo book too. Um, I'm going to still keep up that, um, giving a portion to this wow. time. It's going to be, um, a mutual aid fund in San Francisco. So I'm going local <laughs> versus national yeah. this year. Um, and I'm going to give to the San Francisco community fridge fund, which is stocking, uh, fridges around the mission around different parts of San Francisco with kale and eggs and wow. like, prepackaged healthy meals, um, for folks who, who need it. That's really important to me, but I am going to take some of the proceeds and put them towards eventually funding this one, the S7. And it, it was really torturous to. for me. To, well, it was really torturous for me to even think about that because I just feel weird for me personally. Yeah, this is no knock it. on anyone else. Like if you, if you keep all the proceeds and you never give any away, m- more, res- more power to you, more respect to you. Like that's totally fine. It's just for me. I don't know. There was just something about it, but you know, I successfully talked myself into it. I was like, you know what? I've been in this game for, couple years like it it means so much to me i'm gonna have that camera forever like it's okay to take some of the proceeds from this thing that i've poured my heart and soul into putting together this photo book 
and and use them to hopefully fund that camera. So we will see where it ends up. That's great. That's super inspiring. Yeah. That pumps me up because I feel like, I mean, not just so much like, I just feel like giving is so huge. And I feel like a lot of us, well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't answer for other people, but I just know that it's, it's a lot easier to be stingy and be me, 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 instead of giving and helping others. But there's so much so much goodness that comes from I mean even for your soul if you help someone out it is just like food for your soul and it does so much for you like I just love I love hearing that that's amazing yeah yeah and thank you for doing all that too oh (laughs) thanks but I mean I I really I don't do it for I I really you know it's not a it's precisely that like that's the reason I do it it's not about me like and and I never that's why I gave like 100% of the proceeds away and stuff because I just it's I want art to be accessible first of all I don't want anybody to have to pay an arm and a leg ever for one of my prints Um, and I want them to feel that their money is going towards you know causes that deserve it and folks that need it and like I I would never kid myself into thinking that I'm not in a position of privilege I'm absolutely in a position Mm. of privilege like I have a very stable job that compensates me well. I, I live in San Francisco. I'm fine. You know, I'm yeah. struggling yeah, mentally yeah. like everybody else in the country right now. <laughs> right. But, um, to be able For to real. give art away, to be able to offer art at an affordable price, and then to take that money and put it somewhere to folks who need it and a lot of people are in need this year, like that just felt better to me. Mm. And it so it, it took a, a long time to get out of that. And I just try to really be aware of like the position that I'm in, the the privilege that I'm in, the, the, the platform that I have and and use it for spreading good stuff or spreading kindness. Um, I recently did a, a thing about like supporting small businesses and like mm-hmm. it's the same thing. It's just like just give as much as you can. Um I try to do that, and I, I hope other people do too. Plus, if you fund the camera, now you can make more art to give back sure. to the community. Yeah. You know, yeah, and and like that's sort of. I also just like there's something very full circle for me in being able to be like I this thing that I love so much and has brought me so much joy funded this purchase. You know, just yeah. like this, and it's it's a thing that will continue to move my art forward. It's not like a right. you know a flashy pair of sneakers or something. It's right, it's something exactly. That's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. functional and and it like it helps me do the thing that I try to do every day, which is very cool. Love it. Amazing. Well, this has been fantastic. Nat, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Where can everybody check out your amazing, colorful work? Uh, Softboy Films on Instagram. Um, you can also find me at Nat underscore Meyer on Twitter. Um, I'm kind of thinking about changing my handle to Softboy Films, so I'm just that everywhere. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I, am, I am hanging out and screaming about film photography on both platforms. Love it. Timothy, where are you? Guys, head over to Instagram. It's at Timothy Makeups. I also make film photography related YouTube videos. Easiest way to find it. Go to the search bar. Type in Timothy Makeups. That's it for me. Chris, where are you? I'm Crispy Photo and all the things. Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We have an, uh, a Facebook page, a group you can join and share work in. And we also have a Twitter. We're Analog Talk Pod on Twitter and Analog Talk Podcast on Instagram. Yeah. Nat, thank you again. This was awesome. Oh, Such inspiration. Thank you we so much. It. This made my heart so happy. I appreciate I appreciate you Yay. both. I appreciate the community. Thank you so much for having me. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. All right, guys. That's the end of the show. Chris and I wanted to thank Nat for coming on and just dropping some great inspiration. We absolutely love your color work. We can't wait to see your book. We love all that you're doing for the community. What a great conversation. Super inspired after this one. And, you know, thanks so much. Thanks so much for taking the time, Nat. We really appreciate it. Guys, that's going to take us to Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash analog talk for even a dollar, a buck. You can get the show two days early every Monday, usually right at six or seven o'clock in the morning. It uploads and you get the show two days early and you also get a whole bunch of other perks over there. We're doing, you know, developing with us. We're doing Patreon after shows, Patreon exclusive interviews. Uh, There's a tier where Chris and I send you a print and a bunch of swag that we have and just a whole bunch of fun stuff. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, head over to patreon.com slash analog talk for all the patrons that already help support the show. Guys, you mean everything to us. We do not know what we would do without you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And until next week, we will see you soon, guys. Later. <laughs>